Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. This morning, and I'm just thinking about how much better a lot of players get between year two and year three of of where they where they can get to. Um, and you know, if they come in one year and they're out because they're a practice squad and they wouldn't quite make it, um, you know, they might not have not ever have that opportunity. But we've had so many players get so much better, be, be, especially between year two and year three, that. Um, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for them, and I think it's great for the league. That's Mike Zimmer at the NFL Combine, where we sent Sage Rosenfels this week, and Sage had a chance to sit down with all kinds of different people doing interviews for scorenorth.com and the Scornorth Vikings shows feed. You can find Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and our journeyman quarterback reporter, Sage Rosenfels, with his microphone, and I think it was just his phone, but he did a great Enthusiastic. job. Enthusiastic. And like he's there's so much information really that yeah. he gets out of people because he's Sage Rosenfels. So if you're uh, if you're a Vikings fan looking for some good conversations, you can just find our Score North Vikings shows all over scorenorth.com. How so. about Sage for the Monday Night Football booth? I know that's something we're going to do later, but how about oh. Sage Rosenfels in the Monday Night Football booth? He is a wonderful analyst, and he's been doing stuff with us for well, for mostly for this year, and then whenever we want to have him on before this year. But yeah, like how about someone who can just say something coherent? <laughs> Wow, I the mean, you're bar right. the bar isn't it's a good very place high. To start. Just be coherent and somewhat entertaining, right? It's a decent place to start. Just have a, yeah. yeah, just have a decent yeah. thought. So I'm going to play this clip from Mike Zimmer about well the Vikings kicking situation. Before you play the next one, Judd was shaking his head about halfway through the last one. Oh, the second year, the guys are going to be great in their second year, and the, it, it, it's the cousins thing. I just I'm so I'm tired. I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the I'm tired of the fact that and and the column that I wrote today it was off of uh, Spielman's comments yesterday. Uh, it, it makes me ill that they basically hired a coordinator and are now at fessing up. They don't think that that they are, but they are. They're fessing up to the fact that they hired a coordinator while. A month before they signed a quarterback, who, by the way, they knew that they were probably going to sign, and that now they're saying that system was all wrong, and and now we're going to get a we're going to get a Kubi we're going to get Kubiak, who's a Shanahan guy, to come in and run the right system for that quarterback, and so it's all going to work. And I say, okay, but you gave him a three-year, eighty-four million dollar contract, which means you basically are accepting the fact that you flushed the first year of that contract down the drain by having a system that didn't work. Spielman went so far, I mean, this galls me, and it's not accurate entirely, but it, it ticks me off. Spielman went so far yesterday as to compare what they did to Cousins last season 
to what happened to Favre when Favre went from the Packers to the Jets. And and the reason why Favre immediately wanted to come here was the West Coast, right? Because yeah. he'd go for the Packers. And to stick it to the Packers. Absolutely. Yeah. But the Jets ran, as I recall, the Jets ran a three-digit system offense, which is completely different than a, a West Coast. And so Spielman said, you know, Brett was... Brett ran a one-digit system where he would just look to the sideline, well, flip off the coach that sent the play in and call whatever oh, I thought he you were going to go somewhere uh, else. Yeah, I that. thought you were talking about you're... his uh, his photos he liked to That text, would have been another uh, yeah. offense that he ran. And Anyway, it, fr- it frustrates me that there's now the sort of acceptance by the Vikings that we gave this quarterback who who we signed to this huge contract a year in which, yeah, he we really didn't do what he liked. What? Excuse me? So you're telling me that you are admitting that you hired a coordinator and tried to install an offense that didn't work for Cousins after you knew that you were going to sign him probably? Yeah, but we all, but we know that, and he admitted his fault and fired like he... He said so much himself. Mike Zimmer said, "Yep, we were wrong," and fired Johnny right, Filippo. But the, but the point being is, if you knew about if you knew Cousins' past and what he liked to do, and a month before you're one of let's say three teams that are likely to sign him, everything you do has to be morphed towards him. And but, instead, they're like, "Well, we didn't do that." But isn't it possible that in his conversations with John D. Filippo, hey, this is what Kirk Cousins likes to do, and uh, this is kind of what my thought is on the offense. And John D. Filippo's like, yep, totally agree. That's awesome. And then John D. Filippo gets in here, and it was, and and it just his vision strayed from what they initially talked about. But they were that hi- seems likely. Yeah, but they were hiring a guy from Philadelphia who they knew ran a different system, and therefore you go out and get a guy who can run cousin system. Like this is an unforgivable mistake to and, me. And I and I know that mistakes are made in in any profession. We we have off days where we screw things up. I'm sure you guys do. But I um, not yet. <laughs> but I I appreciate and especially from a front office guy, somebody who can step up to a podium and go, "Yeah, made a mistake. We thought we were making a good decision, turned out to be a bad decision, so we've moved on from it." Instead of the 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 talking around it and that's that's why we did what Rick Spielman didn't say yesterday on the show because instead of just coming out and addressing it directly and saying we made a hire we thought was a good hire it turned out not to be a good fit so we moved on we think we got it right now that's all you want to hear that's all you want to hear from a front office guy i'd be okay. if you heard that judd yesterday would you be okay with that no i still wouldn't be because you knew that you were going to, you knew the odds were good that you were going to sign this guy. You needed to get him an offensive system. Because if you made the assumption, what if you thought that his system that that you could put a different system in place that he'd be better? Then in? you then then you don't then you didn't study Kirk Cousins. I mean, Collar told us a year ago this guy does some things well, but here here's X, Y, and Z. If listen, if it's Brady, Rogers, Breeze, then okay, those guys are are fantastic. But you knew what you were getting, and you gambled that he could adapt with it, and he couldn't. And now, and now, a year in, you're having to change things again. And last year was the year you're coming off thirteen and three. Things are set up perfectly. Everything should have been put in place for Cousins to succeed. And instead, we find out that they weren't. And oops, by the way, now we'll try that. It's frustrating. When you say it's an unforgivable mistake, it's a stupid. What do you mean by that, though? I mean that's the type of mistake that would cost not the not Zimmer, but that would cost the GM his job. I would look long and hard at Rick Spielman and say, Rick, you made hires here who didn't you you sold me if I'm the Wilfs, you sold me on this 
QB, and I paid mm-hmm. him incredibly well because you told me that this was going to work, and now you're telling me that you put the wrong engine in the car, and that's why the car didn't work, and now you're going to fix it. I mean, one thing I am... Or the wrong part, I should say. Sort of on a different path here, but plays off what you're saying. One thing that I am really annoyed by is, like, we're so quick to blame everything else except Kirk Cousins, too, right? Like, Kirk Cousins is who he is, but he also showed you the worst version of who he is in the moments that you needed him the most. The Buffalo game wasn't even a primetime game. And we talk about the primetime games and the against teams with winning records and like the game against Buffalo at home at noon and he soils himself. Like for no reason. He just can't do anything for three hours. And yet we sit here and and I don't you know, I'm not I don't disagree with anything you've just said in terms of yeah, John D. Filippo clearly wasn't a good fit with Kirk Cousins or he'd still have the job, obviously. But we blame the coordinator and the play calling and the offensive line and the third wide receiver and well, at some point there's one common denominator and it's the quarterback. But I think that's because of people's expectations of Kirk Cousins. There there are certain players that you look at and you go, well they're so good they'll overcome almost anything. Even incompetence from their own coaching staff or organization. They're just so good that they'll overcome that. I don't think anybody ever thought that about Kirk Cousins. You look at Kirk Cousins and you go, that's a good player. He's got some tools, but he's also got some deficiencies. He's going to need to be put in just the right situation to succeed. That's how I've always looked at Kirk Cousins. I didn't need this year in Minnesota to to have that opinion of him. So it is it is the failure of Rick Spielman and the coaching staff and the organization at large that you didn't put him in the best position to succeed because he's a guy who absolutely needs that. He's not a guy who can do it himself and overcome everything going wrong. He's just not that dude. He's not good enough to be that dude. Yeah, I think we all agree on that now, right? I mean, it's just fr- it's just yeah. frustrating. Rami's one hundred percent right. It's just frustrating after the success that this team had in going 13 and 3 and going to the conference championship game and having that ability and you said okay if they sign this quarterback it could be really good and then we sort of find out that they threw caution to the wind and and almost in some ways sabotaged it by taking a chance that if if they had if they had come to you last year Phil and said okay it's cousins what do you think i think you you'd probably say okay get somebody who can prop him up as much as possible coaching wise let's not go in a completely different direction and they're professionals, and they didn't do that. Yeah, and, and it's not, like the cat thing. It, it, it's like you look at how is Carl Anthony Towns going to be successful? And if I asked you right now, you could give me five points from now into the future for Carl Anthony Towns' success, and it starts with him. But the frustrating thing is, we see things like last night, and the team is sort of actively sabotaging those. It makes no I, guys are going to get hurt. Things are going to to go wrong. We all accept that. But what gets me about sports is when you see teams make moves and decisions, and and you say, "What were you thinking?" Yeah, and I, I mean, but in in some ways too. Again, we're the Vikings had to sign a Kirk Cousins. Yep. I know that a great some people would disagree and say, "Well, they could have drafted Lamar Jackson or whatever," and but they had a Super Bowl ready team. Kirk Cousins was the best quarterback on the market. They had to pay what they had to pay. And he's just not good enough unless you prop him up with all these other things. Yes. And but <laughs> yeah. but that's but that's where the Vikings franchise has been for so long. But then why, They've got all these other great pieces in place. The Randy Mosses and the Chris but Carters. Then why and didn't the, you prop him up? Well, but you are in a lot of ways now. with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Devin right, Cook but, and a defense, and like, why, he doesn't have to score thirty points a game. But why wouldn't you have propped him up with your with your scheme last year? The personnel, I, I think, is there. 
But why didn't you prop him up from day one with the scheme? And, And you never even would have had to admit it, but quietly said, we need to do everything that we can around this very highly paid player to put him in a position to succeed as much as possible when it matters most. They knew Rick Spielman said yesterday that they knew that he 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 had his best years in the Kubiak Shanahan coaching tree. So why not bring in somebody from that coaching tree a year ago? Why did it take a year of him falling on his face in the second half of the season? And like you said, every time you needed him to step up, why did it take a year of that for them to go, you know what, let's go to yeah. what works? Uh, here's a question, too, off, off of your rhetorical question. Why didn't they try to figure out how to make their kicking situation better before what Mike Zimmer said today? We promise we will play that Mike Zimmer kicking audio because <laughs> it's been a thorn in the side of the Vikings for several years here uh, when we come back. And... Monday Night Football booth shakeups based on news that came out today. Uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL studio. Minnesota sports fans, Phil Mackie here, introducing you to the all-new Score North on 1500, where you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar 2-4, to four, and Mackie and Jeb with Rami from 4-6. to six. Over at scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts. Purple Podcast, Raised by Wolves, Myron Metcalf on Hoops, Touch them all, Royce Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. So the correct answer to the go for hockey trivia question, did anyone get it? Yes, we have a winner. Okay. it's it, People probably guessed Joe Anderson, Mr. Fun Joe Anderson, yeah, which was your first full-time everyday co-host. Yes, we did. co-host. Patrick Royce was your first co-host that, on 1500. Saturday. There's a lot of Dubai in there, too. Oh, that no, oh, no Jeb was that's a not even, wily veteran yeah, by the time. That's not like, even close on, to being right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeb was Jeb was on. Jeb had already ruined multiple careers. No, when I joined Patrick on Saturdays after Joe left, that's the one for where like three years after people would come up to Patrick and be like, "Love you and Such on Saturdays so much." Is that Judd just a fill-in? Yeah. <laughs> it was four, three or four years later, people thought I was filling in still for Such. Uh, so Mike Zimmer is uh, is being self-reflective about how bad the Vikings' kicking situation has been. So Dan Bailey comes in last year, and Dan Bailey, before signing with the Vikings, was the second most accurate kicker in NFL history. Now, in fairness, his last year in Dallas, 2017, he only made three-quarters of his kicks. So something was a little off Got about hurt. Dan Bailey. So injury may have played yep. a role. And uh, Vikings sign him after they cut, uh, what's his name, who went on to succeed in... Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson went on to succeed in Oakland. Or, uh, so 75% was Dan Bailey's make rate with the Vikings, too. Like, what's go- Why is every kicker coming in here? Blair Walsh has a great first season. Boom, he's on the, on the couch. Uh, Dan Bailey, boom, on the couch. Why do you draft a kicker and then have to trade him and cut him, et cetera? All right, this is Mike Zimmer on kickers. I've thought about that an awful lot with the, you know, with the kicking situation we've had for the five years that I've been there, and you know, I think part of it is that we allow them to, especially a young guy, make make some mistakes, make sure we un- they understand that we're behind them. But I also have really been thinking hard about um, trying trying to get someone. You know, these the golfers have a swing coach. You know the everybody's got coaches now to do these things. And so I've been thinking really, really hard about maybe trying to find a, a true kicker's coach, you know, where that's all he really does. Isn't that a special teams 
coordinator? No. That was, was going to be my question. No, 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 no. Not anymore, gentlemen. Nope. This is, this is. Uh, I think, after we had, after Carlson struggled and got cut, was that week three at Green Bay, week two at Green Bay? It was early. Uh, Ryan Longwell came on the show and talked about, you know, the nuances of kicking and how difficult it, it is and how those guys think outside the box and how a special teams coordinator, you know, coordinates coverages and things. But in football these days, they aren't necessarily the best guy to counsel the kicker. To which I said, you're right. And Zim is definitely not the best guy because Zim, Zim hates kickers. Zim just see, sees them as guys that he has to employ. So the conversation was, why not bring in a kicking coach who can, and then, by the way, Mike Zimmer can never talk to that kicker. Don't want him talking to the kicker. So who is working with kickers? Like when practice is going on, is it just a kicker and a punter off on the field by themselves? Often, yes. Nobody is watching them. Nobody is correcting them. Nobody is. Special teams coordinator is sometimes, but often it's the kicker, the punter, and the holder just stand around, and then they work on their craft. But the special teams coordinator it doesn't necessarily like prefer i i was told that mike prefer's answer when a kicker was struggling was to tell that person just go quicker it'll be better go quicker and longwell's point was you got to slow down and there's thought process i are, actually like this are there teams that have kicking coaches in the nfl because if 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 the trend across the league is what you just said judd which is that Special teams coordinators are doing very little to work directly with kickers and correct whatever mistakes they make or whatever form they need. I, I, I find it hard to believe that the NFL is is so far behind that the the role of the special teams coordinator has evolved and there hasn't been any any coaching position added to any staff across the league that works specifically with kickers. That seems mind numbing to me. How can that even be possible? So I'm I'm running all the same questions Rami's asking through my brain in in the modern NFL, and I'm trying I'm ju- I'm trying to v- I don't verify think there this. Are many, if, if any? If, but if you're a special teams coordinator in yeah. today's NFL, okay, 15 years ago, before it was mostly touchbacks. All right, you're you're trying to scheme for kick returns and kickoffs have become formalities at this point for the most part. So you're there's there's maybe what two three returns in a game now maybe maybe yeah. four. Mm-hmm. And like here I just found team uh kickoff return stats and most teams are only returning like 40 kicks in a season. So it's like three and then there was a couple teams that only returned like the Cowboys only returned 13 kicks all season, is that right? Less than one per game. Probably, so my yeah. my grand question here is What's the most important thing in special teams? Making kicks. Absolutely. Because it's points, and it's you don't want to be losing potential four points if you miss a field goal extra point. So shouldn't your special teams coordinator be a specialist in working with kickers? Like, Wouldn't that Absolute. be the natural evolution of the job? I think the answer to that question is yes, but I, I think because there also are other areas that, that they have to focus on, if what Mike is talking about takes um takes the correct course. I think the smart move is bring in a former kicker to work with a kicker. And, and so the special teams coordinator can work on coverages and work with a punter and all of, of those things. But I think now that if you look at the importance of those points, why not bring in a guy who's done it? I mean, Mike Prefer had never kicked. And so he's trying to tell a kicker from from what he knows, here's what I think that you should do. 2019 is that the smartest thing i mean daniel carlson failed miserably 
and then went to Oakland, made some adjustments, and became more successful, why wouldn't you want to have a former kicker work with him to give him the best chance possible to succeed here? Yeah, and and for the record, I like the if they're going to make this hire, if they're going to bring in, I don't know who it would be, but let's say it's a Ryan Longwell type. Actually, if Ryan Longwell was interested, there are you could do a lot worse than Ryan Longwell. Ryan Longwell is a total get it guy when it comes to uh, his craft. Um, so I I like the notion. It is something that probably should have happened before. But you got goalie coaches, you know, pitching coaches. Sure. Why wouldn't you you bring in a specialist to work with that spot? Yeah, as long as it's something that produces points until they yes. wipe it off the map, and, right? And Mike Mike might be the worst guy in in the world to talk to kickers because Zim can't stand him. Yeah. Like he's he doesn't understand he doesn't understand probably what they do. And he's impatient, and he doesn't understand why they can't just be successful. So put someone with that that person who can say, "Don't worry about Zim. Worry about me. We'll work through this." Like it is, you're you're a golfer, but you're using your leg, right? And you're in the middle of this right. machismo what football Longwell world. What Longwell said is exactly that. It's just like golf. And wouldn't it be hilarious if if you're a golfer, if you're if you're Jordan Spieth, and instead of having a cool headed, calm swing coach, it was just some guy who got pissed every time you hit a bad drive. Just. Jesus, what in the world? Like oh, With a way too tight shirt. <laughs> Biceps bulging. Slammed his clipboard down on the green and walked stomped off. You're a failure! Flat like, top buzz cut, sunglasses. Fans are booing you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you should treat it like golf. It makes right? sense. Go get your, whoever the Hank Haney is of, of kicker coaches. And, and to, to go back to what we've talked about before, this is the one spot, the coaching staff is the one spot where you can hire as many people as you probably want. There's, so no, there's, no, you, there's no cap on... I, there's no there's no cash cap. So if you if you want to go pay Kubiak a million dollars, you can. Yeah. I've always said that about... It's the competitive, but it, it, give, it gives you... It's the one spot where you can exploit a competitive advantage if you're willing to spend. I've always said that about baseball. So baseball... You'll pay Mike Pelfrey $8 million a year to just get rocked for a five and a half ERA, right? <laughs> but you play hardball on Theo Epstein's salary. You know, it's, to yeah. me, it's ridiculous that, that Theo Epstein, I think, I think he now makes five or 10 million a year. I think he might have broken that glass ceiling, but you're telling me that I'm going to pay more money to Addison Reed than Derek Falvey? Yes. Which one has more influence on wins and losses? Derek so, Falvey, for sure. Correct. Like, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't the economics be that if you're a top top talent identifier and roster molder and organization builder, that you would make ten or fifteen million, and the you know the whatever, like the fourth guy out of your bullpen makes way less than you? I think. And in this case, if you have if you have a coach that you think would be incredibly valuable to scheming an offense or working with a quarterback, like that's probably worth $5 million. Yes. Uh, That's right. Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stavansky, come see me. I'll be your agent. Come see me. But in in baseball for a long, long time, it it was a big deal about, well, you can only have X amount of guys in the dugout in uniform, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, who cares? Okay. Okay. That's fine. But there are how many Twins employees now uh, crunching statistics and doing, doing work in the background that we have no clue about? Because because there's no cap there, it doesn't matter. You can continue to hire those people. I but sports. The problem with sports is we get so ingrained though, and in, but it's always been this way. If right. you're not in uniform in baseball, no. you can't coach. Right. Yeah. Oh no, that's not true, uh, gentlemen. Unless you guys have some more hot kicker takes, I don't. I, I have odds on <laughs> on who will replace Jason Witten on Monday Night Football. Here, you guys have. 
Like your favorites, guys who you'd like to see in oh, that yeah. booth? Absolutely. Okay. Most definitely. There's also one that I've seen people float out there that would be super fun for like two games, and then it would it would just be, all right, that's enough. Do you want to give our preferences and then go through the odds, or do you want to go through the odds and then give our preferences? There's a couple names on this odds list that are, I don't know if they're out just there? throwing these on there. Okay. Or it's on the list, okay. Is Dennis so, Miller on it? He's not on this okay. one. This All is right. from, I should mention who this is from here. It's Bet Online AG. Bet Online. Okay. All, All right. right. Let's go through this list. And if there's someone that's not on this list that you think should be on this list, okay. you throw it out. My guy's okay. got to be on the list. Have should I be. start from the, the most likely favorite yeah. or go the other yeah, way? Yeah, because I feel like it'll get funner the least likely yeah. they get. Yeah. Peyton Manning, two to one odds. That's my guy. I feel like, I don't know if you guys have watched his Spotlight series on ESPN+. Plus. No, uh, I I used a friend's account to do that, and he is really, really good at breaking down like game action. Like, is re- he Tony Romo good? Yes. Is I, he doing everything in a nationwide jingle? I, no, you can't not, afford not. this by yourself. No, I don't. know. Nickel um, defense, shift the play. <laughs> Why doesn't Rami pay? But really, and I know that I know that that's high praise when I say he does it as well as Tony Romo. Yeah. And I don't know if he would if he would be as good at it during live action because that's a whole different ball game than going back looking at game tape and breaking it down. Yeah. But he is really, really good at 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 breaking down game action in a way that's digestible for the average fan. It's not a bunch of football jargon and stuff that would go over our heads. He's really good at that. Big, splashy name, which is what you want for Monday Night Football. Agreed. And he has a good good personality and sense of humor. We've seen it in, in the, the, the nationwide commercials. He, I thought he crushed when he did Saturday Night Live. He does, yeah. So I think he, he checks all the boxes for what you want in a Monday Night Football color. Analyst. He would get you to watch the Titans and the Jaguars, right? right? Yeah. That's, what, that's, what, that's what ESPN Fox needs. offered him a ton for that Thursday Night Package, correct? Yeah. Because before they put... Buck yeah. and Aikman on that. I think they were going after. I think they asked to talk to to Tariko and were denied. But I think their original goal for that Thursday night package was Tariko and Manning, which okay. would have been fantastic. Yes, and Peyton I, said, no. "I'm all aboard the Peyton Manning train here too. He would be incredible, and yep. and like I said, he would give you a reason to watch a game that you wouldn't otherwise watch. Right. right. Uh, all right. Lewis Riddick is on the list. I'm just going to speed through some of these, like unless him. you guys have huge takes on like Greg Olson is third on the list. He's experimented with Fox. Kurt Warner, six to one odds. He's in the foot. He's in the Westwood One radio booth with Kevin Harlan on some games. He is good. I don't know that he would get me to watch. If if we're talking about if if it's an average game, but would the announcers give you incentive to tune in? Warner would not for me personally. No, me neither. He could be fine. He just wouldn't get. He would be much more compelling than Jason Witten was. And by the way, Jason Witten is going back to the Cowboys. In case you didn't, uh, he didn't get fired from ESPN. Unless he got some strong hints behind I the scenes. Think, yes. He I went back to the it. Cowboys. Did you guys catch Adam Schefter talking about it? He essentially said, he did it in the nicest Adam Schefter way possible, but he essentially said he was a garbage broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody knew it. And so his only option was going back to football and eventually maybe coaching. Well, like, okay, so when you made that much money, you've got more options than stay in this garbage job or get fired from it. He could just, like, not do anything if you wanted to, True. I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay, Matt Hasselbeck at nine to one to replace him. Randy Moss at fourteen to one. That's my Ooh. guy. I think Moss could be a great fun. He could be really good. He's. I feel like he's fun in his role. I don't know. I'd need to. I'd need to sample him right. for like three hours on end. My, I don't know. My idea starts with this: Moss, somebody else, and a play-by-play guy 
who doesn't insist on doing play-by-play constantly. Yeah, let him. Yeah. I think I think Moss and someone to play off of and a play-by-play person. Yep. And I would turn it into a conversation. So you're not so you know so you're not Jim Nance jumping back third and eight Tony I got to get back to the play I want to get I would love to see them get away from that so it puts Moss in the ability to explain what's happening talk about his experiences without the whole you've got to turn it back to me because Joe Tassatore has to tell you what happens on this run play all right what about let me pull this list back up here. These are these are odds to replace Jason. I'm waiting Witten. for the real outside the box thing. Like somebody okay. who's not even a football broadcaster. Okay, so Boomer Boomer Esiason, eighteen to one would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh Steve Young, eighteen to one. Tim, I think he'd be really good. Tim Tebow, thirty three to one. No. It completely bores me. And this is the one that I was looking at, and I would this please make this happen. Okay. You guys could guess a hundred times. It's a it's very much a football guy. I'll give you guys a couple guesses. So it is a like, football guy. Like one of the most prominent football people you could ever imagine, but that you wouldn't think of for this list. Hmm. So they're probably boring if you're saying you wouldn't no. think. No, they're not? No. Really? Iconic. Iconic? It, it can't be Favre. No. And that's the one I was going to say. People would love Favre at first, but then after two games, you'd be like, okay, right. I've heard everything. Yeah, he, he drones on. He doesn't yeah. shut he gives up. gives you his yeah. life story yeah. over the yeah. course of two weeks. Was yeah. I thinking about doing this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have no guesses. John Madden, 100 to 1. What? 82-year-old John Madden at 100 in, to 1. I don't think he's in great shape. I don't know why he's on this list. It's it's odd to put him on this list. Yes, I don't think he's in fantastic health, probably. And 100 to 1 seems like, I mean, that's it should be 1,000 to 1. Why is it 100 to 1? Do they know something we don't? Can they put John Madden back in the booth just for fun for I one year? I don't think he could. Would he still get you to watch? It. I would no. watch a game. I mean, yeah, maybe. Give him a give him a newfangled telestrator. If you <laughs> if you were ESPN and you could make a trade today, what would you offer CBS for Tony? So if this so is d- double whatever he's I'm, making now, no, no, so you're trading but I'm saying, broadcasters. But I'm saying for I've got I've got to okay. trade you. Oh. It, it's like a team for team trade. To get Tony, what would you offer CBS as far Ooh. as your stash goes? Your stash of broadcasters. I mean, I, I would definitely i I would offer some prospects. Like, hey, we've got this Dan Orlovsky guy. Okay, <laughs> he's been great on our afternoon football shows. <laughs> we'll throw in a Susie Colber. Hell, we'll trade the whole NFL Live set to be named later. Yeah. SVP. You want to throw SVP in no, there? That's what it might take SVP. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever hear back on uh, when Chris Rock had his own talk show on HBO? And I think it was right after they hired Dennis Miller to do Monday Night Football. Oh God! And so the the the, the premise of the bit was Chris Rock said he also auditioned for Monday Night Football, so they played like some football footage and Chris Rock talking over it. Oh my God! And we could probably never play it on the air. I don't know if Jonathan can find it and maybe like and maybe bleep out a few things. <laughs> it is one of the funniest things that you've ever heard in your life. Let's maybe do this for tomorrow. Okay, let's make we it. Clean it Jonathan up. might have to bleep some stuff out for tomorrow. <laughs> Chris yeah, Rock. I'll get it for tomorrow. Okay. And I'll clean it up. All right. Uh, well, we can. We should ask Royce this question too. I'm sure he might have some ideas on who can replace uh, Jason Witten. Maggie and Jeb with Rami. So Luther Brookdale Toyota has been helping my family for 30 plus years on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. One of the things I love best is just the comfortable lounge area. You know, sometimes you go to these these uh, like mechanics or these these car shops. 
And they got like a vending machine, a box TV, and a couple of chairs and a stack of People magazines. And you just crammed in there. You're waiting for an oil change. Not at Luther Brookdale Toyota. They've got a massive lounge area with, they actually have six workstations with cable TVs in all of them. And uh, two 70-inch flat screen TVs, comfortable seating, plenty of sunlight, unless it's not sunny. Uh, They've got a coffee, tea, snacks area, all complimentary, a play area for the kids. Go in, see for yourself. Corner of 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, you wrap with Royce every day here. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Pat, who do you want to replace Jason Witten on Monday Night Football? Hey. Did they get rid of him? Uh, he, they, well, they didn't get rid of him, but they may have hinted strongly, and so he went back to the Cowboys as a player. Oh, he's going to try to play? Okay, I didn't yeah. see that. Well, damn near anybody. Uh, he was uh, terrible. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take almost anybody. Uh, although I I got to the point that uh, I think I listened to those two dumbheads for about ten minutes, and I don't think I listened to the sound on any Monday night game after that. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a cheap ass operation, God Almighty! Remember when Monday night football was good? It's uh, it's uh, quite a. Uh, uh, I, but I gotta tell you, I don't. I didn't like Gruden that well either. He drove me crazy with his fawning over everybody. Everybody was fantastic and uh, the whole thing. So I, I don't know. I don't. It's not a. I don't really spend a lot of time worried about it because eighty percent of the time I don't have a sound up. How do you feel about the uh, Bryce Harper deal getting fu- finally done today, Pat? Uh, well, it's funny. I was trying to remember Andy McHale's great quote uh, when he was running the Twins. And I couldn't remember because the salary jumped from like either three, the highest average salary jumped from either three to five or jumped from five to seven. I couldn't remember if Andy's quote was, what happened to six? What's wrong with six? You know, because they went from, so I found it and, uh, Bobby Benilla had the highest salary at 5.8 that he signed, and he's still getting paid, by the way, as he signed a free agent with the Mets in 1991 in December 2nd. And then uh, three months later, Sandberg signed for uh, an average salary of 7.1. And Andy's great quote was, what happened to six? What's wrong with six? Because uh, it had always gone up, you know, okay, now we've gone from two to three to three to four. <laughs> and, well, today Andy's team gave somebody $330 million, and I can guarantee you while they were all smiles at the press conference, Andy went home and threw up <laughs> about uh, uh, giving this kind of money to a ball player. What What was the logic of wanting uh, uh, the, uh, such a, the the extra three years here. That's the only way he could get the three thirty. Was that it? Is yeah. that what we decided? I'm going to guess that it was special advisor to the general manager and uh, frequent spender of free agency money, Terry Ryan, that pushed this one over the edge. Oh that. yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure Terry. Uh, uh, well, I uh, I uh, I did the math, and it's 134 million more. Then Sooner and uh, Parisi got combined on their uh, two thirteen-year contracts. So. But you get him at age thirty-nine. You probably got a better chance of him not being a, a fossil like Albert Pujols is, right? I mean, because he's more of a 
he's more of an athlete, I think, than Albert ever was. Not as good a hitter, but more of an athlete. So, but I don't know. Thirteen years of Philly fans getting on you—that that could wear on a fella. Yeah. I suppose the deal <laughs> is here. The Phillies, uh, Boris's strategy is the Phillies will want to trade him in six or seven years, and then you gotta, you know, then you gotta give him the extra twenty million to accept the trade, right? Something like that. Hey, so Pat. That's gotta be. Yeah. My guess is that he his career ends with the expansion Vegas team that you know is coming eventually. <laughs> he and Chris Bryant will end up on on that team as older players. Do you think that uh, uh, that you, that would be some place where he might accept the trade too? Uh, exactly. Yeah, that could be. I don't know if that baseball is going to Vegas. Baseball and baseball is not a gambling sport. Business is not a baseball town. It's not lively enough for him. Uh, I don't think it'll go to Vegas. I don't think. I don't think you know. You know what you hear? You hear Portland and Montreal are the only two you hear uh, that, that really want it. Portland's actually the one that's raising money and trying to do something now. That certainly demographically doesn't seem to be a great place. But uh, I don't think they'll end up in Vegas. I really don't. It's. Uh, I think every other sport will end up in in that town, but not uh, well. What the hell? All we're waiting for now is the NBA for every other sport. Yeah, I mean, Do we you, have a soccer team. I guess Jonathan could tell us if we have a soccer. Well, team. What, in, in, where in Vegas or in Portland? Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. There's yeah, a Division Two team in there, USL side. They're the Las Vegas Lights. All right. They have okay. the craziest yeah, I, owner in all of sports. What? I just. Uh, he dropped five thousand dollars of cash from a helicopter during a halftime oh, wow. giveaway. Nice, I like that. Yeah. Well, it's better than dropping turkey. Uh, turkey, so. <laughs> true. God <laughs> is my witness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't think they'll end up in Vegas, but yeah, it's uh, well, the Philly fans want him now. But if he goes over four with three strikeouts at opening day, boom! Pat, we we opened the show debating: Are there any players? currently in sports that you would give a 13-year commitment to? And I actually, I, they, these guys both said no, and I came up with a list of seven players, like, just because. Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, yep. Yeah, uh, I'd have to really think about it. Uh, uh, Connor McDavid. Yep. Uh, I got two of them. Uh, Austin, Austin Matthews, if you're going uh, down the hockey path. Mm-hmm. Basketball, I don't know. Luka, Luka Doncic, 19 years old? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, I'd take him, sure. Yeah, I think I'd give a few. What the hell? It's all they money. They're all <laughs> they're all getting plenty of it. You know, Cheryl Reeve is a coach, general manager, and you give her a 13-year contract. I'll just ask her. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, a, just a drive by. I didn't see that coming, but I like to drive, drive by. by. Yeah, I didn't I just thought of it. I just thought of it. Who can I take a cheap shot at here for no reason? And she's the one that came to mind. So, you, know, you, know, but, uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, you can't, you know, I'm not as quick as I used to be, so sometimes I can't think real fast. I just, the first name that came to mind. Who might, who might not like it if I take a cheap shot at him? That's the one I threw out there. Just trolling so. up and down Fort Myers. <laughs> Pat Royce. Yeah, that's true. Nice, uh, gorgeous day here today, but the Twins are playing a night game in uh, Port Charlotte, and uh, there's uh, way too much night baseball going on. I, I don't agree with that for exhibition games. I don't think we should have that. Yeah, not in not in Fort Myers. you got to play those afternoon oh. sun-splashed games. That's right. Well, this one's up in uh, uh, Port, one's up whatever. Tampa. Yeah. And, 
And Phil Miller already reports that they no longer have the Chick-fil-A stand at the ballpark in Port Charlotte. Therefore, no reason to go to the ballpark. They took the Chick-fil-A stand out? That's Yes, it used to be sacrilege. the only place you could get a Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. And uh, first they stopped serving it on Sundays, and then I suppose they found out, well, gee, that's, that's 30% of our business, so I guess we won't have the stand at all. You know what we need? We need a good... Heathen to buy Chick Fil A. Some, uh, you know, some uh, some guy who doesn't believe in religion in any sense, uh, with some hedge fund that's kind of uh, satanic or something. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go the polar opposite of it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we can start getting Chick Fil A on Sunday. You know, the uh, religious thing. Is Do you worship Satan? Then you should buy Chick Fil A. <laughs> yes. They have a uh, a Chick Fil A in the Falcons' new stadium, and obviously yeah. they they play on Sundays. And Chick Fil A's policy is to be closed on Sunday. So for other events, it's a Chick Fil A. When the Falcons play on Sunday, they like flip the signage to something else. I think oh, there's well, a- it's up in a Bill's Chicken Ranch. Or Maybe they don't put the pickle on it so you can't tell. And they they just turn the wrappers inside out. (laughs) I remember Tom Tom Pellicero and I, our first time in Fort Myers at 1500 ESPN, Pat, in 2010. We were so jonesing for Chick-fil-A, and we sat at the (laughs) drive-thru off Daniels for like five five minutes or more, just salivating at the menu, and finally one of us said, have they said anything through the intercom yet? What is happening? We didn't know it was closed oh, on, on Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> I, I thought you went to preview I gotta, it. I got to tell you, at least four times a year, I decide that I would drive up to Maple Grove and uh, get Chick-fil-A for the wife and I for lunch and uh, dinner, and I find out it's Sunday again. You know, I get about halfway up there and say, I got to go. I gotta start going to church again, so I know what day Sunday is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the the biggest the biggest uh, hoopla I've seen for one of these sort of fast food chainy type places was probably the Maple Grove Krispy Kreme when it when it opened oh, twenty God. years and ago. Police and everything, and now yeah. their Krispy Kremes are out of business. Basically, America that's because America decided to get healthy. So. There were people fighting in line for those things. They for Krispy Kreme, oh, yeah. they should have made a gluten free glaze. Do you blame them? <laughs> Stuck around. I'm not a big donut guy. Oh, sorry. We were on the same page all day today. Until I know. That, One minute to go on the show, and you guys finally get off the same page. <laughs> not a big donut guy. <laughs> Who's not a big donut guy? I've never even heard that before. So, uh, quick, in 30 seconds, how come the, uh, what's, what's happened with the Wild that they're actually winning? Are yeah, they, yeah are Judd. Are they now fast? Are they now fast? Or they're, what? they're faster, and they got, got rid of some of the um, malcontents from the room, as we like to call it in hockey. I think the changes uh, okay. are. I think the changes are a good thing. Well, well, now they're going to make the playoffs, and you won't be in the lottery. That'll make you mad. Won't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I won't like yeah. it. <laughs> I won't, but but here, the good thing is the, the upcoming schedule is very difficult. So there is a chance that the success will end. It's hockey. It's never difficult or it's never easy. It's always the same. Oh, three guys, three, three against two. one. Here we three go. Random, two. random. It's always, one. always the same. Three to two. I got to go. Always the same. Goodbye. All right. See you, Pat. <laughs> Bye, Pat. <laughs> ah, the random nature of hockey. It's like life. You just never know. <laughs>
I love Pat. Just I mean, a, a Cheryl Reeve drive-by for no reason. And right then a there. hockey <laughs> drive-by at the end for no reason. He either. asked the question and then insulted the sport. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a setup. The whole thing was yeah. a setup. You can find Mackie and Judd with Rami on demand at scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com, or anywhere you find or subscribe podcasts. You know. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.